Patrick Dolan, a big Blackhawks fan. Whole family is. Oh, let me turn your mic on, Patrick. And uh, yeah, I know it's been a, a weird couple of weeks for fans, but... I know it's been tough with Kaner leaving, right. but we, we understand why. It still makes it difficult, though. Yes. And it's fun to go to the Hawks game to watch you work. <laughs> you, make, you make it fun. Even oh, more fun, I should oh, say. I, I was going to say, the player, the players <laughs> do the bulk of the lift there, and then I'm just the uh, idiot that screams there. Well, um, good to be here. Thanks, John. Yeah, for sure. And um, you always end up getting a lot of great questions, 312-981-7200, about things at work. Uh, for someone just joining and never having heard you before, maybe first time on listening to this show before, what does an employment lawyer do? What are some common things that people might have questions about? So, uh, obviously, workplace issues. Getting a job, leaving a job. Um, if you have concerns about discrimination, retaliation, compensation, maybe you're not getting paid what you think you should be or what you were owed, um, you know, uh, commission, sales, bonuses, anything to do with workplace issues, in, uh, compensation benefits, et cetera, those are the things that we deal with. Do you think employees have more protection sometimes than they realize in the law? For sure. I mean, there's so many different laws, state, federal, local, that protect employees in the workplace. I think most people, frankly, don't know the extent of them and how they apply uh, to, to their particular circumstance for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's just a, lo- there's a lot to wade through uh, when people ask me questions. Mm-hmm. And let's get right to it. Sure. How about that? Let's do it. All right. Penny uh, had a great question on line one. Penny, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good. I'm out running errands, and I really appreciate this opportunity to run this past someone who might really have an answer for me. I hope we're in the right place. Yeah. After I retired for a few years, I started driving a school bus. I've been doing that for about 10 years. And this particular year, they put these devices on the school buses, where and they're wonderful. They make it it records, did you stop at every stop? Did you hit the brakes too hard? Did you take your eyes off the road? Okay, that, okay, I agree. It's a safety thing. We should all have it. But if one of us, any of us, does uh, roll through a stop sign instead of stopping all the way, our name, there's a computer screen up on the wall at work, and your name goes up there. And that oh. means you have to go see the safety manager. Oh, like it, is it, it the only that, that's how they alert you that you have to go see someone, yes, but, but everyone else can, yes. everyone can see yeah. it. Huh. Everyone can see it. It's an it's like an invasion of. I was walking in one day, and one of the girls says, "Yep, your name's up on the board." And I was like, "Really? Oh, I don't mind. I don't mind being reprimanded, and you know, you put in my it. place, whatever." She sounds so nice, Penny. Company. I know, poor Penny. Um, so here's what I would say about that. Um, you know, I, I think Penny, uh, given the safety concerns, um, you know, I, I think they're probably okay, frankly. Legally. Legally. Oh, yeah, no, no. I'm not just saying what, you know, maybe what they should or shouldn't do. I'm just saying, legally speaking, I think they're probably okay, uh, to, to make that known publicly as far as things that you've done. Now, um, you know, I, I'm not sure why they why they do that. Why does everybody need to know that Penny ran through a stop sign? Right. You know, I don't. Right. There's got to be a better mechanism because, to Frank, say come yeah, to the you office. Could, you could alert it per bus, right? So someone well, could get well, alerted that yeah. Penny's bus ran through the stop sign, and yeah, you don't and, have to tell everybody about it. Right. And they have the capability to come on the radio and say, "See me after route." Right, and not on WGN yeah, radio. They can do it in your private radio. Yeah. Although, so that would be right. an interesting thing if we started getting alerts from bus driver systems and we started saying, hey, Penny, slow down right. on WGN. Now, that'd be even I mean, crazier. If it's, Penny, if it's a legitimate 
you know, if it's something legitimate that happened, right, it's not like they were wrong in publicizing something that you did wrong. In other words, it's it's not a false statement. Really? Then they're probably oh, goodness, they're probably I, okay. I but if they if they no. publicize something that is wrong about what you did, that's a different that's a different discussion. Then I mm. think the employer has some problems there. Mm, interesting. Really? And, you don't see just the fact that, you know, somebody, you know, like, well, how, let's change it to another topic. What if two people in the office are having an affair and oh one boy. of them is married and somebody finds out, can that go on the board? Hold on. <laughs> I, I, I want to say. No. I, I, <laughs> You're, well, that's well, a private. You know what I need? Hold on one second. I just want to privacy. I, I just just want to make one point, Penny. We're not saying that what the, they're doing is morally or ethically right, or maybe the best practice for an office. We're talking about legal protections that the that the company and the public schools have. Oh, all right. You know yeah, what I'm and saying? Penny, and Penny, honestly, your your sort of right to privacy is pretty low in the workplace, frankly. So that's not yeah. usually a great argument because yeah. you know right. so yeah it's a great, it would just be a courtesy on there it would be for sure i agree with they that. should not put i think well i, I don't well, want to speak for patrick I but horrible. i don't think they should put it on the tv and john say, you can speak for me as no. long as you're right <laughs> and um i think you well are. yeah one good thing that comes out of it is you do try harder to not get your name on the board I, yeah right so, so, so there's an incentive there okay well maybe it works then, <laughs> thank <Penny>. you <laughs> all right <laughs> I think Penny just undermined her own case there. No, I, and that's that's what's always hard about these calls, Patrick. Is you're answering them from a legal perspective, like do you have a case? And and I just also want to say <laughs> that Patrick is looking at the broad strokes of it. It's always best to follow up with the call. Would you say, yeah, Patrick? It is. It Are is. you okay? You need some water, bud? <laughs> no, I'm fine. <laughs> God, thank you. No, we're gonna oh, get I just really choked up by your call. Yes, exactly. We got to take a commercial break, anyways. Uh, what number should people reach you at? Three one two three three two seventy eight hundred. Three three two seventy eight hundred. Okay, right. let's take a break. I'm not just saying that because you were coughing. It is time for a break here on WGM. More questions? Get them in. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. All right, 720 WGN, 312-981-7200 is our phone number to get any questions you have about employment law. We got a question from the 312. We kind of dove into this world last week, Patrick. Mm -hmm. Patrick Dolan from uh, County Dolan Law. Uh, I should say your name every now and again. That's probably important. Um, A friend was let go while on short-term disability. Is this legal? Why don't we define these things first? Yeah, so short-term disability is an insurance policy that provides you part of your wages when you cannot work, okay? Most employers provide that to you, a short-term disability policy. It usually provides for 60% of your of your salary while you can't work, up to usually six months. It's an, okay? They have it as an insurance policy. It is. That's what it is. It's not a job protection act or law or anything like that, say like the FMLA or the Americans with Disabilities Act that does actually protect your job while you're away. That's not what short-term disability does. So some people have short-term disability banks where the unused sick time at the end of each year gets put into a Mm -hmm. bank for short-term disability. Is that what the bank is that they could pay you your full rate for that. Yeah, and that's PTO. a difference, right? That's a different thing. And, okay. so, and frankly, sometimes companies will make up that difference this, uh, above the sixty percent. But the, if you're focusing on job protection during that time when you're out on short-term disability, you have to switch gears a little bit and look at the Family Medical Leave Act. Do you qualify? Is it a serious health condition, et cetera? Or the Americans with Disabilities Act. 
are you disabled? Do you need an accommodation, etc. But usually short-term disability is I can't do my job, so I have to leave the workplace for a period of time, okay? And hopefully when I'm cleared, I can come back to that job. Okay. So... The, um, they can an, fire you in the middle of that. Well, though? that's very dangerous for an employer to do. So, because you could have protections under the ADA or the FMLA, depending on why you're gone, they don't want to maybe wade into it that. It could world. be retaliatory. So, the point is, is that SC doesn't protect your right to keep that job, but other laws probably do. Okay, but you can't work, right? It, short-term disability is I'm not able to work even with an accommodation, which would protect you under the ADA. Um, so it really depends on when you come back. You know what I mean? You're cleared one, two, three months later. Do you have the right to the job, to that last job? You know, maybe yes, maybe no, frankly. So if someone was fired, uh, let go on short-term disability, and the question is, is that legal? It, it- could be it could it could be but it could not be right right i would say there are real serious concerns about that being retaliatory or discriminatory for someone who's protected under the fmla or the ada or a state law equivalent for someone with uh, a disability because a lot of reasons people are on short-term disability can in fact be a disability under federal law is it worth calling you to, to yep. work through those circumstances? Yeah, and those, are, and those are really good questions, and I get those questions pretty frequently. What I'm out on disability leave. What can they do to me? You know, and I'm happy to walk through those uh, questions with them. Okay, three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred is our phone number. Your phone number again, Patrick? Uh, three one two three three two seventy eight hundred. Is that the same phone number you had before? Is that a new no, Conti Dolan? That's that's it, well, that's Karen's phone number. That became our phone number. <laughs> it was so good. I'm like, why do anything with? Yeah, it? right. <laughs> I, I just love. I, I hope it's Karen's cell phone number so she has to answer them. Then. No, I can give them one too if you okay. want. Yeah, I'll just say that on the air. She'd love that. Let's call Karen Conti. Up. She'll tell you what to do. She'll pawn it off to Especially Patrick. on the weekend. She loves that. Yeah, right. Uh, 847. I don't think this is a legal part, but I want to just read it. Putting names up on the board. This has to do with the bus driver, Penny, who called, who seems like the sweetest person, who got reprimanded, and anyone that breaks any of the rules through the digital tracking of the bus thing. And Penny was so nice, by the way, to I know. say. I feel it's bad a good, for her. It's a good thing, right? She, she, some people would be like, I hate this. I can't believe they're monitoring. Penny yeah. was like, no, we want to keep kids safe. This is good to do. But Penny got reprimanded. The 847 says, putting names up on a board for everyone to see is so against the field of education. I suggest all those bus drivers bring this issue up with their employees employer to make the employer more sensitive to this antiquated shaming method if drivers stick together change will happen and actually actually that leads me into an interesting question but go ahead Patrick. actually i totally agree with that because there's no need for it you can you know her employer can address the issue of safety etc without doing that do i have protections about complaining about what my boss does if i bring it to him in a respectful way him or her um Sure. It, it depends on what you're talking about. If it has to do with compensation or a term or condition of your job or you're suffering harassment or something like that, then yes, many different laws will protect you in terms of those complaints. Listen, if you're complaining about your coworker, I can't get along with this person, you know, lots of, I would say, day-to-day gripes in the workplace don't rise to the level of being protected under the law. So, those, you know, it's a good idea to bring that forward to be addressed, but you don't necessarily have legal protection if you do. But I would say that. Let's say a boss is reprimanding you in front of everybody. I think it's always great yeah. policy for a boss to bring you aside. Yeah. Is that just bad policy? It depends. It depends. Legal, right? Well, it could be defamatory. It depends if it's what they're saying is absolutely false. 
and it's been communicated to a bunch of people and you're being harmed. Um, and if, if it's related to your job, frankly, you don't even need to prove damages a lot of the time. So if they're, if they're what's saying is patently false, right? And they know it's false. That's the thing about defamation. The facts just can't be false. It has to be reckless or intentional. They got to know what they're saying is false. Mm. Then it could be defamatory. I will say defamation claims in the workforce are tough. That's a high bar. Okay. So, cause there's definite defamation claims in everyday life, right? Yep. We can do that. Does it take on a different sphere? when it goes into the workplace or is it a simple defamation case like any other one person to another um i think it's pretty much like a straight defamation case in the sense that it has to be false it has to uh injure someone it has to be communicated to other people and in most instances you'd have to prove damage okay the question in the workplace is you know what about if it's my supervisor's opinion or you know what i mean that's not defamatory or if they have a reasonable belief to say what they are saying about you and how you're doing your job etc that's usually not defamatory so it really depends on what they're saying all right now maybe it moves from defamatory to discrimination if your yeah. boss is calling you out and you're part of a certain class of people, or they call everyone that's over the age of 40 out. They never criticize the younger workers. I mean, that's a hard line to toe there, but there could be some discrimination in some of those. Yeah, points. and I deal with that issue all the time. People come to me and say, my boss criticized me for X, Y, and Z. I don't think it's right. I go, okay, let's set aside whether it's right. Let's talk about what he said to other folks that you work with. Why are you? Why is he talking about you? Okay. Is it because of your age, your race, something? There's so many different protected categories there. And so you really have to ask a lot of questions about what's going on in the workplace. How are you being treated differently, if at all, frankly? Because there are a lot of bosses, John. There are a lot of bosses that create, quote, a toxic work environment. I hear that a lot. People are super upset, and rightly so, Mm -hmm. about how, you know, their boss is treating everybody, like, uh, not very well. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so... What do you? What do we do about that? That's technically not illegal. Because they're just a bad boss. They're just a bad boss. Um, but people are rightly really upset. And how do they deal with that, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, well, you can talk to HR. Your boss is probably not going to help you out with that. I understand why you wouldn't want to go there. But talk to HR about it and say, listen, I'm having a lot of problems with my boss, who's really difficult to deal with, not just me, but a lot of folks. Okay. This actually raises a couple different questions. Go ahead. I want to make one clarifying point or ask you to clarify yeah. this. Just because you are uh, in a protected class, racial, religious, maybe sexual orientation, mm-hmm. and you're getting reprimanded, just being a part of that class doesn't make no. you eligible for discrimination. No, it, has to be, the- it has to be the motivating. I think you said it. I just want to yeah, put a finer because point on of, it. It right. has to be because of that. In the, in the way you, and that's tough to prove, but what the way you can prove it is if people who are not in that protected class are being treated better. Okay, so it's tough to read someone's mind about whether they're doing it because you're African-American or over 40 or whatever the case may be. Right. That's tough. But if you say, well, the white people are treated better, the people under 40 are treated better, et cetera, et cetera. In other words, the boss is not just mean to everybody. Then you can start to in the legal, the law allows you to infer certain things. Okay. Right. Which, is, to be which is the start. No, right. which is the start of the ba- uh, the basics for a, a case. Okay. You mentioned going to HR. Like, okay, yeah, your boss creates a to- toxic work environment for everybody. Uh, I want to go to HR to report that. HR, while they are there to help you, works for the company. They do. And I don't, I, I don't want to 
paint HR with a broad brush here and denigrate them, but they do. And I think you need to, uh, not you, people need to understand. Well, you too, John. Me too. Yeah, yeah. you too. Um, Nita, Iridian, you as well. Okay, need to understand that HR works for the company. Right. Okay? Now, they have a role to play to resolve certain things and address certain things, et cetera, but they work for the company. And I guess what I mean is, if you go and make a complaint to HR, are there certain legal protections if you get retaliated against by the company because you complained about something? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And, 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 so th- and, there are some legal protections there. Oh, no, there are. Okay. There are for sure. It depends what you're complaining about. Again, it, it's the underlying complaint needs to be something illegal. Harassment, discrimination. I'm not getting paid as much as the person over here because I'm filling the blank protected category. Something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so in HR has an obligation to investigate your concerns and your complaints and address those. And that's why they're there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's their job. Among other things, that's why they're there. I want to add something here, too, that we covered, I think, a couple weeks ago when you were on, that if you get written up, that you are legally allowed to add your two cents to that write up. Correct. Yeah, you are. And you should, because you don't know where that's going to go. And if they're going to terminate you for something that you profoundly disagree with, or just disagree with it, then you should respond in an email verbally and something writing would be better so they can have an email and put it in your file, but you have the legal right to do it and you should do it. Okay. So like if Penny rolled the stop sign, and <laughs> the bus driver, and she gets reprimanded. Poor Penny. Right, no, poor Penny. I don't think she rolled over a stop sign. No, She's too nice. She would let's never say, do that. Let's say she hit the brakes too hard. And she said, well, yeah, but there was a tree branch in the road. She gets reprimanded for that. She should just put that in the notes, too. Like, she should, I for sure. To, I had to do that because, because there was they're a tree gonna Because they're going to invest. So yeah. they're going to investigate it. They'll want her statement, even if they don't, because it just doesn't rise to that level. She should say, listen, that's not what happened. I want to make something clear, and I want you to put that in my file. A lot of e, they're all e-files now, mm-hmm. right? Put it in my uh, e-file and keep it there. Okay, sounds and good. And they have to do that. Employers have to do that. 219 brings up a great point uh, about what Penny was talking about. 219 says, let's get a follow-up about the people having an affair at the bus bar. <laughs> So Penny, I don't know. I think she was speaking in hypotheticals. I, well, it depends on. Uh, yeah, okay. I can address that if you want. <laughs> Let's go to the news and okay, okay. Now, right. well, now you've teased that. We got to talk about that next after the news here on WGN. And let's get legal powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. We actually get a lot of questions about this relationship stuff. Policy for relationships at my employer, which is a hospital, was no reporting relationships yeah. between the two employees, and they could not work in the same department on same shift. That's usually what the policy is. No reporting relationship. What does that mean? Um, you know, you know, the boss subordinate. Like you oh, don't report okay. to them. Oh, I, okay. You know what I mean? So, um, and that policy is the the most common policy. Okay. Because it addresses the legitimate business concerns of the employer. Right. Um, Eight one five says, "What about a non compete after a layoff?" Ooh, that still is enforceable. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. The the thing though is if you don't have a non compete before you leave and they're putting one in when you leave, then you really need to get paid something for that. Oh, so it was never part of an agreement right. you had. Right. I mean a lot of people don't work with contracts, by the way. So Yeah, and a lot of people don't have non competes. And by the way, just to remind folks, yeah. if you make less than seventy five thousand dollars a year in Illinois, the non compete cannot be enforced against you as a matter of law. Okay. 
I remember it came across from two sam or a sandwich maker. I won't did, say their yeah, name here. Oh, I was say it. Yeah, I know you are. Don't was, say it. So there be, was a sandwich worker. I don't think they advertise here, but sometimes they drop off free subs. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to upset them. A certain sandwich. Can I maker, give the initials? No, do not, because that would really <laughs> give it away. A certain sandwich maker said. Uh, no, you can't go to the other sandwich place. That's ridiculous. That is insane. Yeah, that's just too easy for a court. And that led to the $75,000 rule, frankly. Because it, it's like, there's no legitimate business purpose there. No. Why? The sandwiches the are all sandwiches. different, too. Yeah. It's, you know, it could be like a college or high school kid trying to make some yes. money. There's, you know. At this particular sandwich place I'm talking about, I would always put the chips on the sandwich and eat them in all college. Right. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Just to clarify then for the 815, uh, after a layoff, you're saying that if they say, okay, we're laying you guys off, which I know a group has special mm-hmm, treatment, mm-hmm. let's, let's say they're laying you off. Yeah, yeah. They're laying you off. You can't go to these places. And let's say it's a, you're, you made above 75000 You can say, okay, well, that requires what? Is that a negotiation between the two of you? It then? is. And if the company is like, well, we're not going to pay you anything, and I, I'd say, well, you're, then it's not enforceable because you didn't give them any, quote, consideration, which is usually money. How does how does that dispute like that work? Like, what is proper consideration? Um, honestly, not as much as you would think. It kind of depends on what the person's job is and how much money they make. Mm-hmm. But if they said, "We'll give you a thousand bucks for a one or two year non compete or a couple thousand, that's probably enough consideration. Are you kidding? No, me? I know, I know, I know. That's not it's fair. ridiculous. No, it's not because you can go so, make another job and make hundreds of thousands of dollars over right. three years in theory, perhaps. Right, right. And they give you a thousand dollars and said you can't buy. Well, the work you don't in these have places. to accept a thousand dollars. You could say, "No, that's not enough." You have to give me a heck of a lot more or you need to give me separation pay for six months you know um, three months six months whatever it is Uh, and if you say no then the non-compete is not enforceable because yeah because they haven't agreed they haven't provided you any money for it i see what you're saying okay so you could by by saying no yeah it would negate the non-compete thereby incentivizing them to up the ante exactly to get to a point where you're like okay that's okay that's worth it right right especially if the non-compete is unenforceable as written or you don't care because you're going to get a job in a different industry what do you care okay just take the money and get the new job a lot of great questions coming in an employee exchanged emails with my supervisor who fired me they discussed my mental health neither was a mental health provider it was all done with malice for brevity, I guess you'll have to accept this as truth. Whatever you text, I believe you. That's fine. Uh, do I have a recourse for defamation? By the way, my mental health was fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, sounds like it, based mm-hmm. on what they said. So defamation um, would be because they lied about it. Yeah, they did. And and for issue like mental health, you probably won't have to prove prove damages. It's just the fact that it was false, communicated with third party, and they was they knew it was false or was they were reckless about whether it was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then I I think that's a pretty good defamation claim. What about, let's say that they were having mental health issues. Okay. And what they claim. It's not false. Yes. Then it could be a confident, it could be a HIPAA violation. That's what I'm saying. There's- it could be a confidentiality, confidentiality uh, issue for a whole bunch of different, you know, under the ADA. You've got yes. a lot of other laws to protect you, but, you know, so yes. Yes, there's a lot of issues there. Okay, so let's say I'm, you're a lawyer now, mm-hmm. all right, and I'm calling you, I'm the 217, and I'm saying... They were exchanging emails about this. Can you get a hold of those emails through a deposition, through anything like that? Um, yeah, the company does not, they're not required to provide me those before we file a lawsuit, for example. However, if you're uh, seeking to negotiate a separation package, in other words, saying, 
employer, you broke the law in all these different ways, right? Here are the claims my client has. Here's what we're seeking by way of separation package. And by the way, I know those emails exist. So you serve them what's called a notice of preservation of evidence. So they can't delete those emails, which happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then they have to keep them. And then you say, I want to see them. I know they exist. I want to see them. Do they have to give them to you outside of litigation? Not necessarily. But all you need to do is show that you know they exist and you told them to preserve that evidence. That's all I need. By the way, you all should hire Patrick Dolan because you just went into a new area. You had like the fear of God in your eyes staring at me <laughs> as if I was the company you were asking yeah, the emails for. I saw Like you. your the pupils dilated. Like I kind of got excited there, John. Yeah, I was yeah. like a lion in the Serengeti like <laughs> seeing prey. I was like... Boy, I was fearful of you, and and this was hypothetical. (laughs) By the way, the 217 followed up saying, oh, I have the emails. Oh. That makes your job easier. Please call me. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Um, (laughs) Before you even said that, she said, or they said, excuse me, what's the phone number for Patrick? 312-332-7800. Say it one more time. Uh, 312-332-7800. Also, ContiDolanLaw.com, our website, has a lot of uh, information about different employment laws and scenarios, and that can provide you some information as well. Oh, that was so cool when you did that. You must yeah. give me these papers. You must. You owe me. And it's because you're. it's just like any other case. On that note, I know you had something you wanted to talk about. We may have to push this to the next yeah, time. Yeah, so, so, yeah, real quick. So there was a recent um, ruling that was handed down by the National Labor Relations Board. People think, oh, that only applies to union folks. It does not. And what they did, which was really interesting, is strike down the use of confidentiality provisions and non-disparagement provisions in a severance agreement. Can you put that in English, I know. I, okay, I just had to get that out there. <laughs> so... Let's say you're you're leaving a company, not you're terminated, leaving whatever, and there's a separation agreement. Oftentimes, there's going to be a clause in there that says you employee won't disparage the company, um, and company won't disparage you. Okay. Okay. A handshake now, that we're not going to be mean to each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to say something publicly that's nasty about the other person. Blah, okay. Blah, blah. That provision, which is really common is a problem because it doesn't carve out all the stuff that you are legally allowed to talk about. Your compensation, terms and conditions of your job, what your how whether your boss was good or bad. You know, oh, a lot you're of allowed things, to talk about that. Oh yeah. In a lot of quote terms and conditions of your job, you're protected to talk about. So even though they may be disparaging, quote unquote, you're allowed to talk about them. Including, can you go on to those websites that review companies based on the workers' experience? Or why am I not thinking of the one? The glass door. Glass door. Yeah. Because I yeah. have definitely seen, that is it, I've definitely seen it written in a contract before or a separation agreement agrees not to go to glass door yeah. and write things. And so I would say most separation agreements have a non-disparagement. And now they're not permitted unless there are specific carve-outs as to what you are allowed to say. Which is a whole bunch of stuff. So you can't, there can't be just a blanket, don't disparage the company. That's what the NLRB is saying. Cannot do that anymore. And wait, is this just union jobs or no? No, not everyone. Th- everyone. Union, non-union. So if you now, let's say someone gets fired tomorrow, hopefully not, it's a Sunday. That would be sad. If someone gets laid off and they see in there saying there's a non-disparage agreement, you could go back and say, you need to add 
in this agreement before I sign it, the separation agreement, language that says what I am allowed to say. Or, or you need to just take it out. But real quick clarification. So it does not apply to supervisors and management level folks. Okay. That does not apply to those folks, that rule. But that's a big deal because I see those in separation agreements all the time. Right. This is interesting stuff. I wanted to go back a little bit. We talked about the someone getting emails, <clears throat> in, internal communications. Mm-hmm. Should we all be worried about what we send in work emails? All the time. Because you don't know where it's going. And you don't know who's going to read it. And I will tell my clients, if it's a complaint, if you're raising an issue, yes, put an email because you want the record. Mm-hmm. But a lot of stuff I read in emails, I cannot believe people put that in an email. Really? Just shocking. And and I guess the worry would be you never know who's going to see it. It could be HR internally yeah. looking into something. Yeah. Or it could be... Patrick Dolan from Conti yeah, Dolan. Getting Lund, those emails. Getting those emails. Yeah. And you could lose your job over things you say in, in company For emails. For sure. Happens all the time. Yeah. And it could be even something years later, right? Yeah, it's usually a lot later. When I go digging for those emails and I get those emails produced, I get really excited about what I see sometimes. <laughs> He's doing the lion <laughs> thing again. Through the tall grasses, everyone. It's a good thing there's a table in between us, Yes, John. I didn't do anything I'm going to climb wrong, over. Patrick. No, I guess what I'm saying is, let's say you have exchanges with someone. It's not even maybe pertaining exactly to the case you're looking into, but those come out in court or they come out, you know, you present that. Well, so long as they're generally relevant to the dispute, yeah. I'll get them. Right. I guess what I'm saying is, could a company then, if they got dragged through the mud because of this, take retaliatory actions against an employer who said something wrong? No. Okay. No. You did okay. All right, three one two ninety one seventy two hundred two one nine says, "Awesome show, John and Patrick. Thank you, thank you, Lisa. We oh, appreciate thanks, that." Lisa. Okay, nice. got about a minute left. Uh, what's the elevator pitch plus for why people should be calling you? Who should be calling you? Yeah, so if you're starting a job, you have an offer letter or something, or just a question, frankly, about you know what should I say, what should I not say during an interview or after I get an offer, that kind of stuff. I'm happy to just talk with folks, um, just you know, um, give the, a consultation, free consultation, and then issues arise during employment all the time about this is what happened to me. Give me a call, and we can walk through it if you're concerned about it. And when you leave, separation pay, compensation, non-compete. All, All those issues we deal with. All right. And the number people can reach you at? Uh, 312-332-7800. Or ContiDolanLaw.com, yeah. All right. Well, tell Karen hello I will. from all of our WGN listeners. We still didn't give out her cell phone. No, that's it's okay. Probably, <laughs> probably, she probably appreciates that. Yeah, that would not be a good thing. Patrick Dolan doing great work. All right. That's Thanks, gonna, John. Yeah, of course. That's going to do it for Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. Next time I'll chat with you will be Monday at 6 p.m. We're doing Your Money Matters all next week. Patrick's been a guest on that show. He probably will be again soon. I can almost guarantee that. And uh, we'll have plenty more coming up. But first, we've got to take a break ahead of the news on WGN. The preceding episode of Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association, was sponsored by attorney Patrick Dolan at Conti and Dolan.